I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. That is what our coaches are, Aiden. They're not fucking leaving. Neither of them. Well, definitely not mine. We're not sure about yours. It's Groundhog's Day. Haven't we done this before? Nothing is changing, Aiden, in my life. How about you? How are you? I don't know what to talk about. Do you know what to talk about? Football is over. But it's I'm here, the same. All at the same I'm time. always I'm I'm the same. I'm always going to be the same. I'm just going to just repeat the process every quarter of every year where I suck myself into a sports team from Philadelphia and they lose in some heartbreaking fashion. And I'm like, well, that's okay because I have X team and they'll play and then they'll lose. And then I'll be like, well, that's okay because I have X team and then they'll lose. And then another team from Philadelphia, I'll have that team and then they'll lose. And I'll just repeat the process again and again and again. And then one day I'll just die. And I'll say to myself, what was all of this for? One World Series and, and one Super Bowl. That's it. I don't even know if I like sports. I know. I just think I, I, I was uber competitive as a kid and sports were competitive. I don't know if I actually liked them. That's what the conclusion that I've come to in the recent days and months and years. You know, my brain is, was saying, and I actually said it out loud and, to no one. And my wife heard me across the <laughs> house. She's no like, one. are you kidding me right now? Were I was you just talking like, out loud. Yo, yeah. And I was just like, huh, at least I'm going to be able to enjoy the games this weekend because, you know, just watching when my team's in it is just pure stress. And I hear from the other, she goes, you don't enjoy watching them play? I'm like, no, not at all. No, I don't enjoy Cowboys games. Kevin, I uh, I, welcome to Birds vs. Boys. This is obviously (laughs) the end of the season episode. Both of our teams are out. Both of them, uh, when we started this show in August for previewing the season, we had high expectations a return to the Super Bowl for the Eagles, a possible return to the Super Bowl after many years for the Dallas Cowboys. At one point, we had MVP conversations for both of our quarterbacks, mm-hmm. uh, and we thought we could win some playoff games mm-hmm. and just have a very, very successful season for both of us, maybe an NFC championship, which would obviously be great as fans and great for this podcast. Maybe but alas, playing in the playoffs against each other, playing in the playoffs against each other. But alas, here we are. Uh, doing the in memoriam episode of the Cowboys and the Eagles as they flame out in the wild card round and are left with way more questions than they are answers. I keep getting the question from people. What was worse? The Eagles lost or the Cowboys lost? And I put it like this, the Cowboys, the Cowboys loss is worse. Hands down. You're at home. You're against a seven seed. You did all this fighting and got all this luck to get the two seed where you were 16 and zero at home and you laid an egg completely. Now the Eagles laid an egg too, but they're on a downslide. Now the back half of the season, much worse for the Eagles being 10 and one and finishing 11, seven is horrendous, but this actual loss was the Cowboys has to be. You can't make they had the the Eagles had the worst finish in terms of the back half of the year of any team in the league. Histor- we talked about this before. Historically, no one's ever had a 10 and 10 and 1 record, finished 11 and 5 or 11 and 6 depending on when the schedule changed and lost the division. They're the first ones to ever do it. It was a historical collapse. Nobody could have a worse end because it's never been done. But I take solace in the fact that guess what? You still after all that, you still ended up in the same pile as me. <laughs> No team has also won 12 straight games in three straight years and not made it to the conference championship game until now. It is cursed. I, 
while we continue to talk about like why why sports like what's the draw at this point in our lives i watched a tiktok the other day it was immediately after the eagles game and it was a guy and he was like oh i met these strangers and we all decided to kayak out to the oil rig and on our way look at all the seals on the oil rig and then they at the end he's like look how blue the water is and oh dolphins just popped up and I just all I could think of in that moment with this guy on this crazy adventure is how different my life would be if I dedicated it to anything other than sporting events. What would I be doing? How happy would I be? Would I feel joy? It's possible because I have felt that joy in times of forgetting about sports. But then, like you said, it's like Godfather three. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I and I've been listening to more like you know you think like and and this is this is the sickness of you and i i think it's actually a disease i think it should I be genuinely think um, it's a disease i There's think it's a it should be brain chemistry medically categor- categorized because my team lost on sunday it's over cut bait season's done i've done more reading and listening and watching and replaying this goddamn game this week than I did all season when they were playing and winning football games. It's I'm just dissecting pain and just reintroducing pain constantly. (laughs) Why? Wait, there actually is something in life where I looked this up before and I didn't look it up. I, I stumbled upon it. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like you, you, if you're in a fun event, your brain triggers like the emotional trauma memories before it uh, triggers the fun memory. So like if you're at a concert and you spill your drink, you'll remember spilling your drink before you remember hearing your favorite song and the lyrics during that song or something like that. So there is something to that. Like instead of remembering the big wins, you're remembering the collapse against the Packers. I will say as an Eagles fan, and I would love to hear from other Philly fans. I did not go back and watch anything from the game. I didn't watch any of the shows the next day. I haven't really been tuned into podcasts or anything like that. I, we say all the time here in Philadelphia that this fan base is like a social experiment to see how far you can push a person with their sports teams. How much can they endure emotionally, physically, mentally with sporting teams until they crack I might be at that point. I feel mentally exhausted. Like they they lost the Super Bowl two months after we lost the World Series. The Sixers had a 3-2 lead. We were finally going to beat the Celtics. They blew game six at home. They lost game seven. The Phillies come back. They blew the NLCS. The Eagles are 10-1. They have an epic collapse. I feel like we may have hit the point. We may have done it. You forgot the about union, the union. The union uh, had, had a lead in the 90th minute of the final. And uh, blew that one and lost the championship there as well. So, yeah, in all fronts, like, I, I think we've hit that point. Like, if the social experiment is complete, this is the total amount of emotional turmoil that a fan can take. So, you know, for everyone you know the only who's been team, push- oh, you know, the only team in Philadelphia that survived a collapse this year and actually triumphed was the, the, the crew that rebuilt 95. Yeah, <laughs> they collapsed first. Yes, and then, and then rebuilt. they rebuilt it. That is every Philly sports team, though. They flame out. We do some. We do some turnaround and rebuild. Everyone's all excited. They're like, "Oh, well, there's a greater tomorrow." And then the tomorrow comes, and it's a talented team, and they lose. And we're like, "Ah, oh, well, it wasn't good enough." Let's, uh, like the Native Americans, when they used to burn their crop pile so they could have crops the next year. That's what we're doing. 
mm-hmm. every year. Trust the that, process. That 95, that's going to collapse again, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Most oh. likely. Uh, I don't know where to start here. I don't know if we start with the coaches. Kevin, we're eight backwards. minutes in. We started. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but like now, like actually talking about. All right. Give me, give, give me what went wrong Sunday. Everything, everything <laughs> there was literally not like down to the fans that were wearing blue in a whiteout. Everything went wrong. <laughs> I did see, uh, this was wild to me that uh, Jay Tuck tweeted it. Something about like having to know when to stand in a playoff game. Are yeah, you they, kidding me? Yeah, they, yeah, the ushers and stuff there are very apparently, you know, the fan, the fan base is not it's not like a Philly fan base at games. You could have a hundred thousand people there, but it doesn't matter. It's not, you know, it, I don't think it's the fans that give them a home field advantage there. It's the turf that they're fast on and just feeling comfortable at home. Um, I, you know, it really it started. I think it went wrong starting at the coin toss. Um, everything. And I said this on my recap show, literally Aiden down to everything. I explained the exact opening drive. Uh, the pack, <laughs> Matt LaFleur, congrats. Thank you for being a listener, Matt LaFleur. We, we much appreciate the, the follow. Um, my explanation of exactly what I wanted the Cowboys to do, Aiden, the Packers did. To a T. To a T. <laughs> Were you laughing the whole drive? Yeah. Vince texted it to us. He's in the background, nodding his head. He had green check marks. Every single thing that you mentioned, the Packers did. You wanted the Cowboys to do it. The Packers were like, why don't we just call tails and do it ourselves? What uh, would have just been heads? You would have been playing this weekend. uh, Literally, because because I wanted the Cowboys to just go down eight to ten play drive, take half the quarter away. The 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 crowd will be going nuts, and then you have first year quarterback Jordan Love taking the field down seven nothing, rattled. Instead, the Packers do the same thing, and you have eight year veteran Dak Prescott at home rattled before he even took the field. He looked rattled before he took the field. They they showed him on the sideline. I I said in my head, I go, he looks scared. I. I'm glad you brought this up. We are we argued about this after the Eagles, Cowboys, the first time we played the season, and Dak played a great game. He did, and they lost. And it's at what point does it become the stats are good, completion percentage is high, he has a great target in CD Lamb. At what point does it become you just have to win? Like I feel like that was a game on Sunday where the, the Packers were incredible. They were phenomenal. But at some point, it just has to be, okay, my guy who I pay the most and I'm keeping around for over a decade is just simply the best person on the field that day. And it seems to never happen. And instead, in big moments, like you mentioned, you used the word rattled. You could just tell. It was like they had war flashbacks. They just went right back into the hole of, uh uh-oh, it's the Packers. Uh Uh-oh, is it happening again? It's the mm-hmm. same every time they play the 49ers in big moments. It happens again. And you and just feel it. You can feel it through a television screen with this team. That, that's what I said, too, last week. I said, because the only way the Packers win this game is if they start hot 
and those doubts start creeping into the Cowboys' heads. And you saw them creep in before the offense even hit the field. My wife, I wasn't with her during the game. She literally said to me this week, she's like, you knew it was over after the first drive the Cowboys had. And I'm like, if you're saying that, <laughs> everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. Because I Like, and the, it really all, like, it. they came out first play. Was a was a, uh, a negative play. Second play, negative play. It's about to be third and thirteen, and you get a you get a penalty on Deron Bland, and from that penalty, everything changed. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, it felt like they didn't have a pressure the rest of the game. Michael Parsons had one pressure. The only pressure that he had was on a free rush. The defensive line had they the team did not have a sack for the first time this year. Speaking of guys that don't show up in big moments like Dak Prescott, I'm sorry to say it, Michael Parsons does not show up in big games either. He has not done it yet in his career. He hasn't done it against the 49ers. He doesn't do it in big games. He also hasn't done it in the second half of seasons the last two years because he wears himself out in the first half. I love Micah. He's going to get paid. He's going to be a cowboy. I want him on this team. The defense isn't even close to being anything of what they were without him, but it's starting to creep in that it's kind of similar to Dak in terms of big games. I'm sorry. What changes? Because you mentioned him wearing down. Nothing. Just like everything went wrong, nothing changes. We just do it again. We bring back the same coach. We bring back the same. But that I feel like that is just my whole problem because I I compared them to the Sixers in Embiid, and it's like, yeah, he's they're phenomenal. Like they they always play so well in the regular season. They have these huge moments, and he always puts up incredible stats, and he is dominant, absolutely dominant. And then you get to a good team that they faced before in the playoffs, and then they just you can feel them just tense up, and they just can't handle it. And the pre- they should come to the pressure, and it's like as long as all of the those guys are there with that track record, how do you overcome that? Because everybody else, there has to be a, a level of belief system. And there's no words that you can say during those moments that matter. Like, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to fire up the troops aside from actually going and being able to doing it. And the fact that Dak hasn't done it, Mike McCarthy seems to not be able to do it. You're adding Micah Parsons to this list. At some point, it's like, all right, the generals of the military are not rising to the occasion. So why would the soldiers also do that? especially in that game because the generals of the military had the worst fucking plan in the history of anything in this game. Everything that got them to that point, (laughs) they went away from offense slinging the ball around. I know, I know, I know uh, Dak threw it 60 times, but how many first and second down runs did you see against a defense that was legitimately the worst defense in the league against first down passes this season you just continued to bang your head against the wall and have third and longs and forcing your quarterback who has already rattled to try and force the ball to cd lamb and and others and then on the defensive side getting away from what you were good at playing man-to-man press getting after the quarterback all of a sudden they're just sitting back 10 yards off the ball in zone fox literally had to go to an overhead camera view for the one touchdown to find a Dallas Cowboys defender on the screen. What you could see that you could see that play happening live. Was it the tight end, the play action to the Must tight end? Break. Yeah. Yeah. You could see him run. He, I saw him running. I was like, is there anyone back there? There narrator. There was, there was no one back there. <laughs> the narrator, there was not. Um Nobody. so yes, the generals uh, nothing's good. And now Mike McCarthy's back, right? 
I, I knew that was coming all week because, you know, it's when it goes 24 hours, 48 hours, you're literally just having it hang on there. Oh, as I just watched a little girl slip and fall on the ice outside getting home from the school bus. Welcome to Birds vs. Boys. You fit in perfectly. Um, it, it fits in perfectly to the narrative because Jerry just wanted it to hang on for a couple of days so everyone would talk about it and talk about Belichick and talk about this and talk about that. When this is like Jason Garrett all over again because what did he do at that point? He let Jason play on or coach on his last year of his contract, just like he's doing with Mike McCarthy here. And then it's going to be that awkwardness at the end. And he's just going to let, do you remember that whole thing with Jason Garrett where, Oh yeah. Where it was literally like eight days and nothing happened. And like Jason was in the building and there's people that worked there were like, he was just walking around the building every day and had nothing to do. And he was like going to the cubicles from the Dallas.com people and being like, what's up guys, how we doing? And everyone was like, it was the most awkward week in life and the assumption was that he was going to be like oh because how it ended was the 17-9 game here in philly yep and, and it, yeah they didn't fire him right away <laughs> the, uh, what's the term it's like pink slip monday or whatever black monday in the nfl black monday. And, they, yeah they didn't they just never the, did it it's the same thing where they they kind of let it just go a couple days or so talk and we just knew because also jerry doesn't pay coaches and Jerry's not going to pay a coach to go sit on a beach when he has a year of contract left. Do you know how much Mike McCarthy makes a year? I do not. $4 million a year. Nice. You know how much Bill Belichick was making? Like 25. Peyton's making 18. Do you know who makes more money than every year than Mike McCarthy? Probably every the year. University of Missouri head coach makes more money than, than Mike McCarthy really? makes every year. Literally, he makes six or seven million. Love so that. Jerry does not pay coaches. So he wasn't going to pay for Bill Belichick. He wasn't going to pay Jim Harbaugh. This was never going to happen. It was oh, this was always inevitable that he was going to come back. And Jerry or and Mike and Dak are tied together because now it's what do you do with Dak? He's going to get extended. They're not they are not going to take a 60 million dollar cap hit this year. They're just not going to do it. This this team does not do it. I and now I I see the writing on the wall again. For the third year in a row, it's probably going to be like, little Dan Quinn has his name over all these jobs. And then next week, we're going to hear Dan Quinn's coming back as defensive coordinator. And last year and the year before, I was thrilled. This year, I'm like, I I don't know. Because every time it's been how many years Dan Quinn has been here, he can't figure out how to stop the run. Every time he gets against a coach in that Shanahan tree, he gets smoked. Something needs to change. There has to be changes. It's not just a blood sacrifice. I, I, but the the fans literally we should start are out there. For blood. Yeah, we I, should start with blood sacrifice and at least see if it works. Give it a yeah. try. I, I mean, they, you, you tried to put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Hall of Fame. Finally, thank you. Uh, that got you the that got you the, the NFC Championship, I think. Uh, but now we need a blood sacrifice to get back. Yes, NFC. Got you the guy of the NFC East. You won the division. Now, now we're at blood sacrifices. I it just Aiden, this team, 
constantly, and I, I, I get it. They, there's this admiration for Mike McCarthy because he's a player's coach and the players love him. And on Saturdays, he lets them bring their families to practice so he can meet them and interact. And he gets them time to leave the meeting so they can text message their family how much they love them. I don't give a fuck. We need a fucking tyrant now. We need someone to tell them to shut the fuck up and just stop being... Every time, why do they get so scared? They look scared against the Niners. They look scared against the Bills. They look. Why do they look scared against the seven seed Packers? I don't understand. I need someone to tell them. I don't know. Maybe what Demarcus Lawrence said earlier in this year: punch a motherfucker in the mouth, and when he falls, you keep punching him and punching him and punching him. Guess what? You're the motherfucker. You're getting punched <laughs> in the face. Yes. I'm, I'm so. I'm just. I'm sick of the complacency. And the, the 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 folding when it gets big, like this is what's going to happen, Aiden. They're going to win 10, 11, 12 games again next year, and we're going to be sitting right here again doing the same goddamn show about the same thing. And and I'm going to be talking about them hiring Jason Witten as the new head coach. Yeah, the, there one correction there. You're totally right. I won't be here if the Eagles season goes the same way it went. I'm going to be kayaking with those seals. I'm going to be gone. No one's ever going to hear from me again. I'll be in the middle of the Pacific Ocean looking at seals on an oil rig. Nothing wrong with that. I nothing's gonna change, Aiden. It, they're in the weirdest spot where I, you love to have familiarity. You love to be able to run it back with your coordinators. Everyone's in the same room. Everyone's on the same page. You know what the expectations are. It's a lot easier to go into a season when everyone has been there as a cohesive unit. It's yep. at the point where it seems to be backfiring on the Cowboys that you are a cohesive unit because the expectation has been set and the expectation is not leading to NFC championships. It's not leading to championships. It's not leading to Super Bowl rings. It's not leading to the second round of the playoffs. Aiden. That also would help. <laughs> yeah, it's not leading to a win over the seventh seed. I, it, you know, especially this season when everyone's like, it's there for them. This is the this is the best setup that they've had. It, I was, it, it was very worried. I but I got to tell you what. I think even if they got past the Packers, they were going to get smacked by the Lions because the Lions were out for blood. Did you hear Jared got Jared was like, we wanted the Cowboys. Um, I think I think if they had had gotten the five seed and you guys had the two, I think Baker would have lit them up. <laughs> well, what what is and and this is my question for you. What is worse for you? Uh, the Cowboys defense in terms of getting lit up by Jordan Love with absolutely no defenders around or what Baker Mayfield did to the Eagles where there were plenty of defenders around, but they just couldn't, wouldn't, or didn't want to make a tackle ever. The, I'll, I'll do my Eagles rant here soon, but that was just an embarrassment to humanity and football. The, the Packers one is worse because for over a decade, one person tortured you. He tortured the, you know, the bears, the Cowboys, and he was a multi-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, and he Big was finally gone. Game. Now he's just like a podcast reoccurring guest now at this point. And you're like, all right, I'm free. I can do, like, we can do this. We'll beat the seven-seed Packers. And then Jordan Love comes out and makes throws that makes him look like the, the big bad villain from before. It he looks like they just cloned like him. him. He looked like Aaron Rodgers. I know. Side with on his back foot, both feet in the air. Throw. I was just like, the one touchdown doing? pass he threw in the second quarter. I was like, that look. That like, if you look, glance at it quickly and don't look at the number on the jersey, you'd be like, oh, that was Aaron Rodgers. 
it's just when it was 20 to nothing, I said to myself, all right, Cowboys have the ball. If they make it 20 to seven, get the ball second half, 2014, we have a game. Literally before the thought finished in my brain thinking about it, Dak threw the pick six and it was 27 nothing. Yep. Like, well, there goes that. It now was done at 14 nothing. It was done at 14 nothing. You could the fact tell. that they just kept scoring and scoring too, like it, it, then you just start to. Uh, I said to my friends because we were watching, and I said in the third quarter, I was like, I feel like I'm not even watching the game; I'm just watching the clock. But then the Packers just kept scoring, and it was just eventually. Uh, and I know the Cowboys made like a little comeback there at the end, but man, that's what some people were saying on Twitter. Like, well, they only lost by one score. I'm like, it was 42 to 16. You got blown out. They it, took everyone out bothers me so much is all right the stats look good all right you lost by two possessions 48 32 you were down 27 and nothing and it was fourth and goal in the late second quarter it was 41 16 like it means nothing nothing no. i don't care it's the same thing as like that one eagles fail like well at least we scored more against the niners than you did no it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter who can you, you got rocked like you lost you yeah. lost that, that it's the same. It's the same conversation we had in week seven. We're having right now. We're gonna have next year. We're gonna have for the next decade. You lost. That's it. It doesn't matter. You're Nothing gonna be having a conversation with the seals. With who? The seals. I'm gonna be. They're gonna be. The strangers are gonna be like, yeah, we took out this kid, and we thought he'd be like the last guy where he's like really happy and go with the flow. But this kid just keeps screaming at a seal about wide receiver screens. We don't know what his deal is. <laughs> Speaking of wide receiver screens, uh, let's let's get into the Eagles a little bit because I, I I need a break. <laughs> Me too, from the Eagles and life. Should I just tell the story of how Monday went for me and just uh, just an all time? Yep. So, I I am a hard hitting journalist here to cover the Eagles team for you. I don't miss a snap. I study all the film. I did miss the entire first quarter <laughs> because my car was stranded on a godforsaken hill in Maniunk. And for all of our listeners in around the world, because I was going to say Dallas, but as we know, Cowboys fans aren't actually from Texas. Uh, everything is an incline and it's very narrow. So snow plows can't go up and down and salt and plow like they normally would. So if it snows even two to three inches, it's impossible. Might as well be two to three feet. You're just going straight up a hill on snow. So anyway, my car was just, I got it halfway up the hill and I had to just park it in a parking lot and just leave it there and walk the rest of the way while everyone else slid down the hill. I was helping push cars up the hill. I watched a Subaru Forester and another car. One was in the other lane. The other was going up the hill. They slid into each other. So we had to push that to the side. At the top of the hill was just a fire truck blocking the top so everyone who was making it up the hill didn't Couldn't even have the possibility mm -hmm. of crossing the finish line so that was how the first quarter went and they were down 10 nothing before i even went inside well, now went now was the game were you did someone have it on their phone with the audio going or anything when you were pushing cars and stuff nope i could tell by the text it wasn't going well i was getting the ha ha's this is a joke like i can't believe they're actually going to do this I, I knew it wasn't. I thought it was worse than 10 nothing. We're not, we're a little bit dramatic here. I thought we were down like 24 nothing, to be honest. But I, mean, I, it, I had no idea. Could have easily been. It felt like it from what I watched. Uh, it felt like the 
Bucks could have scored forty. So if yeah, that was my six uh, drops. And if they, I said to my wife, I go, they have six drops. She goes, that's not a lot. I go, what? It, yeah. Well, given how that game was going, six was a lot because three, and they're up by thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Literally. But yeah. Right. So that is uh that did I tell you I went back to check my car because I was in a I was not I was unauthorized parking lot like I wasn't supposed to park there I was in literally in front of a towing sign. So I was like, all right, let me go check this. I made it. Uh, I made it a block. I slipped and fell twice. The thunk I made on the second time was like the last gasp of the season, just coming out of my body. I just went, whoop. I uh, just and the craziest part was my back felt so much better after I just hit the snow and the ice, where I was just flat on my back, and I made it to the end of the street. And they just all the cars on the main road here were just stranded in the middle. Or like pushed off to the side. I was like, I think my car will be fine since all these people just left it literally in the street and not off to the side, like street parking. I'm talking about like in the lane. So, well, now we're supposed to get another five to six inches tomorrow. So I will not be leaving my house for a week. <laughs> I I think since you've gotten this brand new Mercedes, everything's gone downhill. You it has. It literally has. Season collapsed. <laughs> I crashed my car game one of the NLCS. Nothing has gone right <laughs> since I crashed my car. Got got this cursed car. How about I went back. The car has been stranded. The next day I go back, there was a, a, a drain pipe uh, that was melting the water because of the sun in the middle of the day. It turned into black ice. They never plowed the parking lot that I was in. So the car was still there a day later. Like I still couldn't get it out. It was just ice. I was just in ice. I go in to get the like to to start the car yesterday, and it says replace the key battery, car oh. key battery. I'm just like All already. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? I swear it might be cursed. I, I, it is. <laughs> I am not living the life of luxury that I thought I was going to. I thought the car would drive smoothly and the defense would tackle people much. That's to like you think you, you, nothing's working. You think you have an actual lawsuit against Mercedes, possibly? Yeah, I think I, I would sue law. them. Yes, I should sue the a police department that pulled me over. Mm-hmm. Mercedes, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lurie. Mm-hmm. I think I have a lot of lawsuits. I think I can make a lot of money. Nick Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni. The police one, I actually, I, my friend is a lawyer, and he was like, if they would have taken you in, you would have actually. <laughs> He's like, damn, I wish you would have. Ta- I wish they would have taken you in. We would have made some money. I was like, god damn it, damn, nothing's going right. Nothing's, nothing's going, going right. right. Even when they, even when it goes wrong, it doesn't even it go wrong goes enough. <sighs> Aiden, I ten and one. Ten and one. Ten and one. I. uh I hate them. Uh, there's uh, not only were they bad down the stretch; it was not even enjoyable to watch. Like I didn't no. enjoy watching football. And we, as much as we joke about, oh, we hate sports, all, all this. Like, there's nothing better than a Sunday in the fall. And I just felt so many times this year, I was just I, like, I was thinking back of the year, like doing the the memory video yearbook that everybody does when their team loses, and just being like. When did I have fun? Like when did when was there an enjoyable iconic moment this season? Like last year, I feel like there were so many. This year, I, I don't like the Rams game when they had the sack on fourth and seven was cool. 
the Vikings I feel like the first game, Bucks game was was good when they kind of bludgeoned and ran it, it was, for. They ran for 200 yards. They hand like they manhandled that team. But even then, like they settled for field goals, so it wasn't like an exciting game. But it was nice to just like have a, uh, you know, just a firm win like that. But there was nothing that's truly really exciting. Yeah, sure. I'm trying to yeah. think, I'm I'm looking. Commander. I mean, beating the commanders in overtime. Yeah, after they let them go 75 yards and have Sam Howell throw a touchdown on the very mm-hmm. last play of the game. Mm-hmm. The Jets game was good. Awesome. The pick six. I think you're probably your your most exciting and impressive Dolphins Dolph- game. Yeah, Dolphins. Kelly Green jerseys. They dominated. No. They had some big moments. Like uh, I know Chiefs Darius win was play. good too. Chiefs was good. Chiefs was good with the drop at the end. That was that's not even the Eagles. You know, like no. I don't know. It was it was just not like I love this team and I just had no fun and they neither did that. Like they at no point did they look like they enjoyed playing. I especially your quarterback. <laughs> no, I and I said this and people were like, you can't blame him. And I'm like, I'm not blaming him. This offense, and here's what something else I want to clarify with that Jalen Hurts take is I, I said I, I question his leadership style. I don't like how stoic he is. And two things people were like, Well, you weren't saying that last year. I'm like, they faced no adversity last year. Yep. At some sometimes it takes being the guy who you can rally around and pipe up the troops. Yep. Yep. He didn't have to do that. They were just dominating every team that they played. They needed that this year. They clearly needed a leader. And the other thing uh, people brought this up is uh, I don't envy him. And it's not his fault because this offense was truly atrocious. Every commentator, everybody in the know, you don't even have to listen to this podcast. Listen to guys like Greg Olson, Troy Aikman, people who, have played the game. Everybody who studies all 22. Dan Orlovsky does a video every week just pointing out how bad these guys are in terms of like their their offensive scheme, the execution. And he's just asking like why how does this play even work in on, in practice? Brian Baldinger brings it up every week. He's like these th- like these aren't real route concepts. Like you're you're not doing anything right. There's no purpose to anything you're doing. So it's not Jalen Hurts fault in that. And I just want to clarify I said that this law, uh, this offense lacks creativity. That doesn't go as far into the problem as it should. They struggled with elementary level stuff yep. on a football field. Yep. They didn't have situational awareness the entire year. They didn't know how to beat blitzes. They had no hot, hot reads. They were very bad at game flow in terms of dictating the run in the pass. They uh, operated under center very rarely. When they did, you knew it was a run. When they were in pistol, you knew it was a run. When Jack Stoll was on the field, you knew it was a run. When five people were spread wide, it was a QB draw. They were predictable. They were boring. They struggled play calling, execution of plays. There was a play the other night. Julio Jones and Dallas Goddard ran into each other on an attempted screen. I still don't know who the ball was supposed to go to. They, the play started, and they immediately ran into each other like cartoon characters. It looked like Wiley Coyote chasing the roadrunner and running into one of those uh, fake roads. They just look dumb. They are truly like they struggled at the most elementary level stuff. That makes me very concerned if we bring everybody back and they're just going to simply figure it out. Run it. They're going to learn. There's a lot to learn this offseason. They're, they're going to learn every day. I They have a new season of True Detective, and you and I talk about True Detective the first season all the time because mm-hmm. it's a great show. Uh, I think when Jalen Hurts talks now, all I can think about is the scene when Woody Harrelson's just like, 
I just want you to stop saying odd shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I can think about now. When I get this like BS mantra at the post, that the, the post game press conference where all we need is a crumb. It's like no. We need a linebacker who can fucking tackle. We don't need crumbs for bread. We need to stop ignoring entire position groups. And they're asking him about like Nick Sirianni and Jalen's literally in the locker room being like, well, you know, I don't really know about that football players, football and coaches coach and owners own. But you what? do know about that. And that's what bothers me even more. You clear. He did not deny the report that he was disappointed with the way the offense was being run under Sirianni and Brian Johnson, and that the players did not know who was calling the plays between those two. So no matter how this shakes out, I know Brian Johnson is getting head coaching interviews. That is truly just mind-blowing. That, but that's going to be the most Falcons thing of all time. They're going to hire him over Belichick. I, listen, that would be the final straw. Like, if you're a 49ers fan, you can just be like, okay, all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, so you guys clearly aren't on the same page right now. Like what, what are we going to do in the next seven months? And I'm sure that's what Jeffrey Lurie is going to be asking him. What's the plan for the next seven months that you guys rumored to reported on certified and clarified that you guys don't see eye to eye on how the offensive philosophy should be. The offense looked unbearable to watch what changes now, uh, but you three are just going to simply learn to work together in one off season even though you were already together before for a year, had a whole offseason to work together, went through an entire season, but now like it's just simply going to work? And you're going to lose your all-pro center probably, and who probably. knows what else? Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. that Them going out like that. And that is the other point that I wanted to break up today because uh, there's a lot of problems with this team. A lot of it, I think, can be addressed, and they know how to address it. One thing that will bother me till the end of time with this team is heart. Because I watched that game. Brandon Graham played hard. Fletcher Cox played hard. Jason Kelsey was crying at the end because he lost and knew his career could be over. Everybody else seemed to be okay just laying down and making an embarrassment of themselves. Bradbury, Kevin Byard. Pathetic. They were pathetic. The team lacked heart. And in Philadelphia, you can lack a lot of things. We've sat through talentless teams, teams that have lost on purpose. We're okay with losing. We've done it often. Think about some of the most idolized athletes in this city. Brian Dawkins, Allen Iverson, my age. That's what we grew up on. I was going to bring that up. I'm watching Invincible. Vince Papali was a professional walk-on who played for three seasons and is idolized. Rocky is a fictional character who has a statue. When Jameson Kelsey said it's easy to play in the city, he wasn't wrong. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Terrell Owens was my favorite player growing up. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't win that Super Bowl, but he played with fucking screws in his leg and had yep. nine receptions. Bryce yep. Harper is awesome. They collapsed this year. They lost the World Series. But guess what? He focuses every at bat. He hustles to first base. He busts his ass to turn a single into a double. Yep. All of these guys that I just mentioned have not won a single title in the city, and they are good forever. They are stamped forever. And you know why? Because they had heart. They gave it their all, and you never had to question it. And that's really all you have to do here. And it is the only thing that the Eagles had control over and didn't do. They quit. They had no heart. They laid down. We can stomach losing here. We cannot stomach losing because you have no heart as an athlete. The Eagles Ben Simmons did. Ben Simmons did. We knew right away he had no heart. 
Like literally, he never tried. If I miss, if I miss twenty five free throws, I'm probably going to work on my free throws. You know, you yep. could see through, and everybody could see through the Instagram videos. That's when Stan Van Gundy gets on TV and talks about we ran Ben Simmons out of time. He shot fifty. He he embarrassed himself shooting free throws. We supported him nonstop, and he didn't improve it. He did not he work, hard, and everyone could see through it. If you work he hard here, you will be rewarded. He refused to lay the ball up in a playoff game. Yeah, and people like, can see through that. Yep, it's you can get away with that in other cities, right? Mm-hmm. Tampa, you know the the uh, St. Louis Cardinals fans. They'll they'll it, it just it doesn't work in this in that city. It, It'll never it never work. will. No, no. You, again, it's not a talent thing. Surely, like the defense will. There's questions. What do you do at certain positions? And they lack talent for sure. Anybody should be able to tackle. That yep. tackling effort was some of the most pathetic you'll ever see at an NFL level. That's heart. That's determination. And they didn't have it. And that's what I want to do on our next show. I want to go position by position group, both of our teams and what needs to be done. I would like to do that because I, the biggest one I think is linebacker for both because of us. I think it's a, the philosophical approach of this team needs to change in yep. multiple ways. And I think that's a position group that you can highlight and I will give credit to this front office. I have a, I am back to having a lot of questions about the front office, but one thing when they were, uh, when they were struggling in 2020, won four games traded their quarterback, they changed their drafting method. I think we're going to see them change it again. So that's your good teaser for next week. And I will say heading into this draft, Jeremiah Trotter jr. Will be playing for one of our teams. I believe Him, Abdul Carter. We might just do uh, this is a good, good point. Uh, we in the past few weeks have had some of our highest watched, most watched shows, highest watched clips, highest liked, whatever you want to call it. Draft season. This is where this is our time to shine. Yep. We love the draft, but we may be doing a whole lot of linebacker talk. Yep. Linebacker talk, some offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 both need help, um, and it and totally. starts it starts in the draft. Well, for us, it starts in the draft. You'll probably make a lot of moves <laughs> in free agency. Uh, we have caps. We'll get into yeah. that next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, but uh, this is more this is more just a sad boy season episode. You know it. I wore the hat on purpose. This is a sad boy episode. And also just like one parting thing. And this is, there's just certain parts of the season. Like, you know, like it wasn't meant to be, and it'll, it'll be weird things. It doesn't even have to be like a, a touchdown scored against you or an interception that your quarterback thrown. I was thinking about it yesterday, a day after the season ends and Darius Slay is commenting on guys wearing fingernail polish. And it's like, yeah, it, yeah. That's what I was thinking about is, is, that's uh, my season ends. I get embarrassed in front of the whole country and I'm, I'm legitimately my opinion on name. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you literally almost broke your back playing football and you're worried about if guys wear nail polish or not, which is clearly a shot at Caleb Williams. So please bookmark this fence for next year when we play the bears or whoever it is. And Caleb Williams has five touchdowns. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> They are, team, they are the worst read-the-room optics team of all time. Our teams, the Cowboys, too. We, we're the, we have the most unbelievably can't-read-the-room ownership group. Owner of all time. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, he's out here putting statements like, again, this team's so close. We've been close for 37 years. 
Like I, you know, I, it's just every year we're we were close with Quincy Carter. Apparently like, no, they're not close. We're not that close. And guess what? Sometimes being close is worse than being far away. Yep. 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 I, I never thought it, it, it's this loss. And this is what I'm going to end with this loss is kind of so funny for the fact that on Twitter last week, I put out a thread of all the ridiculous ways the Cowboys lost in the playoffs over the years. And all of them were like one play losses or Dak literally running out of time. And here they are literally just getting the doors blown off by them by a two seed and Jordan love like Add not to the list, never maybe. in the game. Add it to the list. It's just, yeah. What I'm for that tweet. I'm going to just have to play the whole game. I don't think Twitter gives me that much time. They do. People people can post movies now, so you can oh, post yeah, the whole right. Pay twenty two dollars a month. Yeah. Oh God, and I we stink. Hopefully that was therapeutic for you. I wish I could virtually give you a hug. We go through it together. Uh, I, I will say though, I, <laughs> the only thing that's getting me through this week after Sunday was Monday night. <laughs> if the <laughs> Eagles were playing this week. <laughs> I would not be doing so well. I thought the same thing. You guys lost. I was like, I feel a little bit better about whatever the outcome is on Monday. <laughs> you guys, it was like 40. They scored their final touchdown at 48. I was like, this is the best. Like, this is a great way to ease into the work week. Yep. We play tomorrow night. Like, if I could just watch the Cowboys get their ass kicked every Sunday, I'd never have Sunday scaries for work. I, I was sitting there, Cowboys lost, and I'm just doing the math and the everything in my head. I'm like, oh, my God. The Eagles are going to find a way to host the NFC Championship game. Do you know how dangerously close we were to a Carson Wentz return to Philadelphia this week? <laughs> when when Stafford was on his back looking like a mummy in a tomb, I really thought that Carson Wentz was coming into the game. I was like, let's go. I was, I was watching that game standing up as if it were the Eagles playing. <laughs> I think if he would have come in the game and, and won that game, the Eagles would have won Monday night. Because oh. that just would have had to have happened. <laughs> the universe would have willed it to happen, yep. even if the Eagles weren't willing to show any willpower whatsoever. All of a sudden, the receivers would have just fell down for the Bucks. Yes, Kate Otten with his no gloves, just catching everything. He had like six drops and still had yeah, he did, which is crazy. Oh God! So, All right, so this is this is the plan moving forward, everybody. We're going to be doing a couple episodes talking about um, the team specifically position group by position group. Um, we will be covering the NF, NFL playoffs the rest of the way. Um, yeah. And then we dive into our draft talk and we are going to be getting deeper into draft this year, heavier hitting lots of short clips. Um, so make sure you follow us on YouTube, on TikTok, and definitely on Instagram as well. Um, and wherever you want um, live updates and lots of funny memes. You definitely want to follow us on Twitter, Birds vs. Boys. But um, we're going to be doing individual little player breakdowns. And we want interactions with you guys. So if there are players you want us to break down, um, if you, there are players you are interested on in being on the Eagles or on the Cowboys, um, send us the comments. Let us know, and we, we will break those guys down. And lots and lots of mock drafts, Aiden. I cannot wait. It's my favorite time of year. This mock draft season. We'll be back next week. I, I kind of held off on the comments on the Eagles coaching staff because yep. there's still a lot to be done, a lot to be determined. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, I just can't wait to go watch linebacker tape for from now until the end of April. That's all I have to look forward to.
I can't wait to buy a kayak and forget about this stupid sport. I'm not fucking leaving. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Beat the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.